Today's scripture reading is from Timothy 1, chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Thank you, Kathy. So Ryan, I just want to check if I move around a little bit more. My, my mic will still work, right? So okay, I got to catch up with our good Lutherans. So, uh, well, as mentioned earlier, we are in the second week of our sermon series titled "The Most Quoted Bible Verses Not in the Bible." And last week, Pastor Tim started us off on this series by dispelling the quote, "God helps those who help themselves." We learned last week that the truth is actually the very opposite. That we learned that God helps those who are in need of help, and who seek his help. This weekend, we are going to be looking at the quote, money is the root of all evil. And we are going to realize that this is misquoted, and what's, we're going to learn what scripture really says and how we apply that to our lives. So I'd like to begin today by actually showing this clip from this 1996 movie. What can I do for you, Rod? You just tell me, what can I do for you? It's a very personal, very important thing. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Here it is. Show me the money. Say it with me one time, Jerry. Show you the money. Oh, no, no, you can do better than that, Jerry. I want you to say it with you with me, then, brother. Hey, I got Bob Sugar on the other line. I better hear you say it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Show you the money. Not, not show you. Show me the money. Show me the money. Yeah. Louder. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money! Show me the money! Show me the money! Congratulations, you're still my agent. Whew, made it through that one. Show me the money! Doesn't it feel like this is what our world is like sometimes? Money. It seems to be all about money. And it's a very personal and important thing to a lot of people. If you just look at the number of songs and the number of movies that are actually written about money, you'll see what's on the forefront of so many people's minds. It is money and the pursuit of it. Now, I actually searched a lot of scenes from a variety of movies trying to find the perfect clip for this message. But you know what I found? I couldn't use hardly any of them. For those of you who are familiar with this mo movie, you'll know that I actually had to, Wade did an excellent job of having to clip out a lot of this film. Why? Because it was so difficult to find any clip without a ton of offensive language or visuals, I couldn't use them for the message today. It's as if these very scenes are a commentary on the evils of money. Wall Street, the wolf of Wall Street, casino, the boiler room. Yeah, certainly not. Those are some of the worst. But even gentler movies like Can't Buy Me Love or 
Cinderella and Snow White emphasize status and highlight the character flaws of those in pursuit of such wrong things. But they do get to the root of the matter. As these movies portray, the problem is not money. The problem is our attitude towards money and our desire for it. So to get a better handle on this, I want us to turn to our lesson for today, 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10. It's on 962 in your worship Bibles, if you're using one of those. So again, 1 Timothy 6, 6. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For if we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of it, but if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Let's pause there. See, these very verses serve as a commentary on the great slippery slope. See, we really only need basic provisions, like food and clothing, in order to live a contented life. But the progression from basic food and clothing to nice food and clothing to stylish clothing and fine dining, it happens before we know it. It's an honorable thing to want the best for your family and your friends, but therein lies the trap. The determination to be a good provider, giving your family more than they could ever imagine, contributes to the great amount of anxiety and the stress culture that we have created for ourselves. See, it's no longer about providing basic needs but about keeping up with our neighbors and giving our families more than they could ever need. And we're not likely to even observe this progression from need to desire until we are already caught in the snare. But see, it's not just the rich and the upper class that struggle with this. The concept of love of money affects us all. See, because those who are poor and less financially secure also fall into this trap. If you have a destination mindset regarding your finances, then you, too, are suffering from the love of money and struggling with godly contentment. Have you heard yourself saying any of these things? If I can just get out of debt, then I'll be happy. Or once we have an emergency savings or our retirement plan is in place, then I can relax a little bit. Or when I get a new job with a better salary, then my life will be perfect. If you've said these things, then you are living a lie. Because your, if your joy rests in achieving a particular financial goal, then you have missed the mark. Sin comes when you have an unhealthy relationship with money and you miss the mark. So what's the mark? Well, in this case, it's godliness with contentment. In Philippians 4.11, Paul says it this way, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. That's faith, contented trust. Let's return now to 1 Timothy 6, starting with verse 9. But it says, those who want to be rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish, some verses say senseless, and harmful desires that plunge, into ruin, that plunge people into ruin and destruction. 
Notice it doesn't say those who are rich. It says those who want to be rich. It's a subtle difference that makes a difference. And then here's the next line. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It does not say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. These subtle differences have a real impact on how we understand the meaning of this verse. This misquoted verse actually makes money the source of evil, as if it, money, had a moral conscience. But money is an inanimate object. It's a neutral resource which has no value except for what value we assign to it. So let's go on. And in their eagerness to be rich, some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with grief. See, there's nothing wrong with money or even having money or even, or even being filthy rich. The problem sets in when money starts to control our actions and rules over how we live our lives. When one is in active pursuit of money, greed will take over and it sends people, and I love this imagery in scripture, plunging into ruin and destruction. The love of money is a root, not the only root, but a root of all kinds of evil. Lying, stealing, cheating and scheming, and worse, some people have even murdered for money. See, the love of money, it often blurs the line between right and wrong, leaving people blind to anything but their ultimate goal, more money and more possessions. But scripture is clear. Anything, anything that comes between you and God, anything that comes before God is an idol. It's a false god. If you pursue that thing, that person, that security, that dream at the expense of serving and worshiping God, the real God, then you have committed idolatry. And that, my friends, is a sin. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So who is your master? Let's be honest with ourselves. In our community, in this community, this is no easy task. But it's an interesting balance, isn't it? Material wealth can get in the way of putting one's trust in God, and it can be a hindrance to following Jesus. But we also need money to run our ministries. And we also need money to serve those who do not have food and water and who are needing homes and clothing. So it goes back to our relationship with money and how you use your money. Paul encourages us to use it wisely, to do good with it, to be generous with it, and to be rich in good works. Money and the desire to do good 
with it doesn't destroy. But the love of money, which replaces our desire for God, that destroys. So when we are faced with this temptation, this love of money, when we get caught in this endless cycle of wanting more, when we are in the middle of loving money and finding security and hope there, what is our antidote? How can we change our attitude or our relationship about money? Well, Paul gives us the answer in verse 11, which is one verse beyond our scripture reading for today. He tells Timothy, but you, man of God, but you, people of God, flee from all of this. Pursue instead righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith and take hold of the eternal life to which you have been called. Paul tells us to flee from our destructive ways. Not fight against it, but to flee. The love of money is that dangerous. It has the potential to test your integrity and corrupt your very character. Instead, he says, pursue the things of God. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. The love of Christ is the root of all goodness. And your pursuit of developing that relationship and of living a life in Christ, that's what bears the good fruit of the Spirit. I want to end today where we began with another movie clip. But here's your fair warning. If you have not seen The Greatest Showman, this is your spoiler alert. So I apologize in advance, but let's go ahead and, and take a look. Where it's covered in all the color the lights Where the runaways are running the night This is real. What will you be doing? Watching my girls grow up. that scene is dark, but by the end, you can see the contentment on Barnum's face. P.T. Barnum almost lost it all. His house, his business, his family, his integrity. Because his focus was on the wrong thing. 
Like Cuba Gooding Jr. in the movie Jerry Maguire, his focus was all on achieving a certain financial position and status. It was all about money and status. But through the course of the movie, Barnum learned about real community, about real love, about serving others, and about real contentment, something which he had not experienced his entire life. Yes, he was still part of an affluent community. Yes, he was still a bit extravagant. On this scene, he rode up on an elephant. <laughs> but by the end, he got his priorities straight, and he began to pursue the right things. Don't lose out on what's right in front of you, because you are seeking security in the wrong place. Money will provide you temporary comfort and security. It can bring you temporary happiness and even the ability to enjoy the finer things in life. But it will not provide you emotional comfort in the midst of loss or pain. It cannot bring you genuine, spirit-filled joy nor will it provide you the eternal security and the peace that our Father in heaven promises you. That love and security comes from a relationship with Christ and living a life of Christ. And that relationship is incomparable. There is nothing like it. And once your faith begins to deepen, and you experience that genuine relationship with Christ, you'll understand exactly what Barna was feeling in those closing moments. It's everything you'll ever want. It's everything you'll ever need. And it's been right here in front of you. It's been there all along. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, it is so easy to get off track and to think that we need money for security and happiness. But Lord, help us all in this room and those of us not here today seek you for that security. Help us know that true joy comes from a relationship with you, Lord. And that help us to see, open our eyes and our hearts that when we start down that wrong path, and when that progression starts to happen, Lord, that you open our hearts and our minds and help us see the way and the ways in which we are going down the wrong path away from you. Lord God, in your son's name, help us never forget what you have done for us and help us to stay on right paths. In your son's name we pray. Amen.